This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. It's lovely to be in God's house, you know. You see, the most amazing thing is that we carry God, but it's even much more when we all come together. It's lovely. It's lovely. Amen. Are you expectant tonight? You know, uh, someone posted a message on Facebook, I think that was Kate, this afternoon, and said, you know, I'm expectant for Friday service. And I thought, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. You know, David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of God. Say, I was glad. I was glad. So in other words, there's something that is expected in God's house that, that makes him feel really excited to go to the house of God. And our prayer is that men and women, women both in this house and all over this city will become so inundated with God's word that they won't settle for anything less. In the name of Jesus. That's my prayer. That's my prayer. That men and women, boys and girls, children will be so inundated by God's word and they will not settle for anything less. Hallelujah. On Sunday, we started off something. We started off a topic, a people of prophecy. And I'm not sure how your week has been going. You know, if you've started making use of the word that you heard on Sunday. Now, it's not just words. On Sunday, we heard spirit and we heard life. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So, in other words, they have the potency. They are active. They are alive. Alive. So, that word... Or those words have the, the capacity to change, to make a life, to, to reorganize, to rearrange whatever needs to be rearranged. And on Sunday, I remember we established a few things. We looked at the different offices, and we realize that the office of a prophet is, always, is a little different from the idea of prophecy. You know, prophets prophesy, but at the same time, we have the capacity as God's children, even without having the title or the calling as a prophet, to also prophesy. We do. And in Joel chapter 2 verse 9, he said, in that day says God, now, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. He said, in those days. And that was in the future. But this is that future that was prophesied. This is that future. Hallelujah. So we are not looking forward to, but we are in it. This was the future that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. That in that day, and this is the day of the Lord. Amen. It's the day of the Lord. So hey, don't leave this place without prophesying. Hallelujah. Don't leave this place without prophesying. Don't leave this place without seeing visions. Don't leave this place. Please don't dream dreams here yet. Okay, don't go to bed. <laughs> Not right now. Possibly later. But you see, also the capacity of dreaming dreams is not just about sleeping and having visions through dreams. It's also being able to see what God is about to do in our lives. So at times, your eyes are open and you will be dreaming. Praise God. You're dreaming. You see, where we are, at the moment where we are at right now, 
Oh, God, thank you. You see, I, I saw this a number of years ago. And I've actually seen way beyond this time. I have seen by the eyes of the Spirit. And how did that happen? You see, just allow me to be on my own. Okay, without anyone running around and screaming. Okay, just be on my own for, for an hour or so. I can, oh God. God's given me the capacity to be able to sit down and dream. And just dream. And then it becomes a whole big deal that if I sit you down and start to tell you about what God has shown me while I was just sitting down, you won't be bored, but you'll just look at me and go, hmm, you and your fantasy. But it's not fantasy because I've seen it come to pass a number of times. I've seen it. It's always by the Spirit. Always by the Spirit. And if you allow, if you permit God to speak through your spirit. He will show you things to come. He will. He will. He said to Nathaniel, he said, Nathaniel, I saw you under the tree. You, a man uh, that, that, that is clean, a pure Israelite. And Nathaniel looked at Jesus and went, oh, you must really be a prophet. Because initially, he said to the disciple who came to call him, he said, come, come see the person of whom the scriptures spoke. He said, he's a Nazarene. And Nathaniel went, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? But when Nathaniel came and Jesus looked at him and said, whilst you were under that tree, I saw you. And he went, oh, he was amazed. He was bamboozled. And said, oh, my Lord. And Jesus said, you've seen just this little, and you're amazed. He said, there's more. There's more. I'll show you more. You see, that's the thing. When you receive a little, hold on to it dearly. Do the best you can do with it. And you're on your way to receiving more. To whom much is given, much is expected, but even much more will be committed to that person. Isn't it? It's true. When God gives you the word, don't keep it. Don't keep it. Don't hide it. Don't say, this is my revelation. Because it will die with you. But share it. Share it. Share it. You might be sitting down in this place and you'll be thinking, oh, how God is about to, you know, amaze you, Lillian. With his spirit. And the joy that you will, you will start to realize in five years from now will beat, will beat hands down the things, the beautiful things you've ever seen. He said, I'm coming for you. And I will so make your life amazing that you turn around and you'll be wondering, God, how did I deserve this? He said, because you've always deserved it. He said, for you, for your sake, I sent Jesus. So that he, he will die for you to bring you into union, into relationship with me. He so said, don't ever feel you are on your own. Don't ever feel you are on your own. You might be doing it on your own right now, but you are not on your own. I'm with you, says the Spirit of God. I'm with you. I'm with you. And in five years, you will realize what I've just deposited inside you right now. He said, I'm speaking to you right now because there's something that is, that is dwell, you know, welling up inside of you, says the Spirit of God. So you are not on your own. You are not on your own. I'm with you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, in that day, it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. So on Sunday, we started off with our number one point. And we said that to prophesy is to speak words of power. And we realized also that speaking words of power is speaking God's word. Speaking words of power is speaking words that edify. Speaking words of power is speaking words that builds up. Each other. 
Hallelujah. And, and we remember what Jesus said. That a good man out of his inner good treasure flings forth what is good. Can, can we read that very quickly? And let's use that to um, establish some thoughts tonight. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. The Amplified Version. Hallelujah. Either make the tree sound, healthy, and good, and its fruit sound, healthy, and good, or make the tree rotten, diseased, and bad, and its fruit rotten, diseased, and bad, for the tree is known and recognized and judged by its fruit. And he went ahead, you offspring of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil or when you are wicked? For out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man from his inner good treasure flings forth good things. And the evil man out of his inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things. But I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idol inoperative non-working word they speak. Amazing. So on the day of judgment, people will have to give account of every idol. What's an idol word? Something that's not working, right? Empty. It's just taking up space. It's true. And it's good for nothing. Have you ever caught yourself speak idle words? And it calls idle words inoperative words. Words that does not have uh, words that do not have capacity to do anything. Doesn't have capacity to make things happen. Do you speak words that lacks the capacity to make things happen? Or do you just, I don't know, what kind of words do you speak? What kind of words come out of your mouth? Are they the kind of words that, that makes you better or the kind of words that leaves you where you are at or even makes you worse than you are? I'll tell you something, words that we speak based on our feelings are usually idle words. It's true. Based on how we feel, based on your bank account, based on what we call reality. You know, I, I said what we call reality because what you call reality is not reality. There's a, a new reality that you need to come into its understanding that you are a child of God. And your mind does not know that yet. But your spirit is well aware of it. So instead of drawing from your mind, draw from your spirit. Jesus said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of the living water. Out of his belly. So he's not expecting to draw out of your head. <laughs> he wants you to draw from your spirit. Rivers of living water. Active words. So for every idle, non-operative word, you will be judged. Non-working word. For example, you look at things and go, oh no, why, I, why is my life like this? I'll tell you why your life is like that. Because your mouth is like that. That's why. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so they become. As a person thinks. Very quickly, you become what you say. If you live in an environment where there's nothing ever good spoken about you, then you start to take on the same idea. 
And you think, people think you're terrible. You start to think, I'm, yeah, I think I'm really terrible. You look at, your, at yourself in the mirror and the only thing you can see is a terrible person. Why? Because that's the way you've always perceived yourself. That's the way you allow people to speak to you. See, that's a different thing. Don't say, just say your own, I know what I believe about myself. No, don't allow people to speak into your life non-operating words. It's true. Don't just go, well, you're just saying your own, you have the right to speak. No, they don't have the right to speak or talk you down. No one has the right to talk you down. You're God's child. Because what you allow, you accept. What you give a bit of permission to is what you've accepted. Someone is saying, hey, look at you. Or how come the things that you do is always failing? How come when you write an exam, you're always failing? Or how come when you start a business, it's always, you know, going down? It ought not to be so. Or someone is talking to you in very negative terms. Stop them right there. And go, no, that's not me. You're not talking about me. That is not me. Stop them. You know, don't... Don't be too nice. Don't be too humble. Not to stop them and say, hey, you don't talk to me that way. Because I know who I am. And, and you are not rude either. But you are just establishing a fact. Say, I know who I am. Do you know who I am? I'm the child of the most high God. And they'll be wondering, what, what did you just say? It's true. I'm God's child. For example, if my, if my son, every time he's wondering, I'm not even sure if he's my father. Very quickly, people will be wondering, are you sure you are from that house? Very quickly, he will start to look for another father. But if he wakes up every day and understands fully well that, you know, beyond a doubt, oh, that's my dad. No matter what people say to him, that will never make him doubt where he's come from. God is your father. God is your father. All right, so let's look at this again. So for every idle, non-operative, non-working word to speak, men will give account. He said on judgment day, and at times, for some people, their judgment day is so close. Because the judgment day is when you become what you've been saying. <laughs> right? It's true. Yours came very quickly. All of a sudden, you look back at your life, at the things that have happened in your life. Get to understand it's as a result of the words that you've been saying about yourself or that you've allowed people to speak over you. So when we prophesy, we are speaking words of power that affect our bodies, our lives, our families, our finances, our community, our church, our nation. That's what we do when we prophesy. So words that order the course of our lives, we speak them forth. We might not be seeing them right now, but we speak by faith. Because the Bible says we walk by faith. Are, are you still here? We walk by faith and not by sight. When it says sight, it's talking about not by our sensory perception. The way we perceive things. It smells bad, it is bad. You know, it looks dark, it is black. Uh, you know, you just, you perceive, you feel that's what it is. No. We walk by faith. We may not see it physically, but we believe it's there. We walk by faith. So our confession is by faith. The words that we speak is by faith. You might look at your bank account and go, well, it looks red. But you are thinking, God, you are the one who supplies all my need according to your riches in glory. We walk by faith. For those who pay rent, you know, at times you might not even have the enough money to pay rent. But you're going, God, I thank you. Because this house, I will live here for as long as I want. And I have all my, the resources to pay my rent every time. 
And for some people, they will even graduate into, I will move from this house into my own building. Why? Because we walk by faith. Don't let your circumstance determine what you speak over your life. So today, actually on Sunday, we also talked about the same thing, still based on words of power. We talked about it is in your mouth. Right? The word of power is in your mouth. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, 10, verse 8, it said, But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith which we preach is in your mouth and in your heart. Hallelujah. So if it's in your mouth, what should you do? You speak it. You speak it. What does the Bible say about you? What does God's word say about you? Look for it and speak it over your life. Are you still here? Look for it. Look for it. You know, we talked about it two weeks ago that God's word is our mirror. It's our mirror. He said, we all with open face beholding as in a glass, as in a mirror, the glory of God. We are being changed unto the same image from glory to glory. So the word of God is our mirror. And every time we look at the word of God, we are seeing the reflection of ourselves. Hallelujah. Now, we're still talking about words of power. But I want us to think about this guy, Prophet Ezekiel. He was faced with a particular situation and he wasn't quite sure what to do. I guess some of us are faced with similar situation and you aren't sure what to do. But Ezekiel is turning today as a teacher. Are we ready for it? Ezekiel chapter 37. Verse 1. You might have heard about this story before, but let's look at it this way. So the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And what was in the valley? It was full of bones. The valley was full of bones. And they were not just bones, they were dry bones. He said, and God caused me to pass round about among those bones, and behold, there were very many human bones in the open valley or plain, and behold, they were very dry. They didn't even end up as dry. They were very dry. Very dry. And he said to me, son of man, Ezekiel, can these bones leave? What a question. Isn't it interesting? At times you look at your life how difficult things had been. And God is speaking through you and going, can these things change? Can you cause a change in this situation? Can you cause a change in your finances, in your relationship, in your job, in, you know, in your life, in your health? Can these bones leave? And what did he say? And I answered, oh, Lord, you know. The guy was smart. Because he didn't want the ball to be in his court. So he threw it back into God's court. Oh, God, you know. Because he could have said no. Or he could have said yes. But he, he needed to learn something. And we're going to learn exactly what he learned. Are we ready for it? Again, he said to me, God said to him, he said, okay, so you said, I know, but I want you to do something. You prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, you dry bones. God could have said it himself. Are you still here? God could have said it himself. God didn't need Ezekiel to cause the bones to leave, but he needed to teach Ezekiel how to speak words of power. He said, so... Again, he said to me, he said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, 
Oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Are you still here? He didn't say, oh, you dry bones, hear the words of Ezekiel. So it was God's word that needs to be spoken over the dry bones. Did you get that? That when you're prophesying words of power, it's not your own words. It's God's word that needs to be spoken over the situation. But you've got to know God's word to be able to speak God's word. Oh, verse 4 again. I could sit on that for a very long time. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, if I were you, I'll be, I'll be thinking about all the dry bones in my life right now. Right. Because it's time to get the bones to come back alive. Hallelujah. He said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, ha, behold, I will curse breath and spirit to enter you and you shall leave. He's not saying, um, I will negotiate and see if there will be a possibility for you to leave. No, he's not negotiating. He's speaking over them. He said, I will cause, I will cause breath and spirit to enter you. In other words, you have no option but to accept the breath and the spirit that I'm causing upon you. He said, I will cause breath and spirit to enter you and you have no option but to leave. You have no option but to come alive. And I will lay signs upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath and spirit in you. And you dry bones shall leave. And you shall know, understand and realize that I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler. who calls from forth loyalty and obedient service. So you will know that I am the Lord when I cause these things to happen. Because your thinking is too dry. Nothing can change this time. Everything is done and dusted. But you said, hey, I am the Lord. I can cause anything to ha happen, anything to change. And what did he say? Hear what he did. So I, who's the I? Ezekiel. So, so I prophesied, this is the most interesting part, as I was commanded. That's the most interesting part. God says, prophesy unto these bones. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Did you get it both part? God says, prophesy, so I obeyed him. God said, prophesy, so I prophesied as he gave me words. As I was commanded. And as I prophesied. You see, he had an option to argue with God there. And go, God, man, what are you talking about? It's dry. You know, nothing happened at all. God said, say this. And nothing happened to the bones. While God was telling him, say this. So, the situation had not changed. So, he would have looked at the bones and go, hmm. God, why are you doing this thing to me? Why would you... Why, why do you want me to speak to bones? They are not even alive anymore. But he said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. So it's not about you. Are, you. are you still here? It's not about you. It's not about you. If only you know how to obey God's commands. If he puts words in your mouth, all you've got to say is prophesy it. Say it. He said, so I prophesied as I was commanded and as Oh, Lord, I love this. He said, and as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise. And behold, you see, nothing happens until you start speaking. He said, it's not when God spoke to you to say. Nothing happens until you obey and start speaking forth. Because it's our world. It's your life. God says, I've caused life to come upon you. It's your responsibility now to take God's word and speak it over your life. My life is full of God's glory. The Bible says you are the glory of God. Don't just stand and go, yeah. Okay. Nothing looks glorious yet. The Bible says I'm the glory of God, but look at my life. What have you done about it? 
Because he has said so that you can say. He didn't say so that you keep quiet and be watching. No, he said so that you can say. He said, God said to him, prophesy. So I prophesied as I was commanded. He said, and as I prophesied, verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise, and behold, a shaking and trembling, and a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. Oh, hallelujah. That, that's amazing. He said, as I prophesied, he didn't say after I finished, he said, as I prophesied, things started happening. You see, he did not prophesy out of fear. He did not prophesy out of, what if it doesn't happen? He prophesied as he was commanded. Are you still here? In other words, completely he was reliant on what God is saying. God says, can these bones live again? And he says, only you know God. He said, okay, let me teach you how to do it. So, son of man, prophesy over these bones and tell them, I will cause life to come upon you. Sign your skin, new skin will come upon you and you will leave. He said, okay, I'll say it. How many of us are ready when God speaks to you that you are ready to do? Or do you go back home and sleep over it? God is waiting for those people who, who are ready to do. When God speaks to you, he expects a response. You see, most times when God does things, there's a word that, is, that accompanies it. And that word is always immediately, suddenly. You see, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was coming, it said, and suddenly... You know, at times when Jesus stretched forth his hand to heal the sick, he says, and immediately. God is a God of immediacy. He, he does things in the twinkle of an eye if you obey his commands. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. I love it. I love it. So, so as I prophesied, things started happening. And he said, in verse 8, he said, And I looked, and behold, there were sinews upon the bones, and flesh came upon them. What I realized from this verse is quite interesting. You see, in verse 7, he prophesied as he was commanded. But in verse 8, he looked. So what that suggests to me was that while he was prophesying, he closed his eyes. Because he wasn't sure what was going to happen. God, if it's not happening, but I'm just speaking according to your word. So he must have heard noises and, you know, crackling, things happening. But he's going, oh God, what is that? What is that? But I'm saying what you said to say. And then now he opened his eyes. There were signs upon the bones and flesh came upon them and skin covered them over. But there was no breath or spirit in them. Now, in verse 9, you realize that God said to him, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath and spirit, son of man, and say to the breath and spirit, thus says the Lord God. You see, Ezekiel did not argue because he started to see that things are changing according to God's word. So God speaks to him. He speaks, things change. So he didn't argue. He's like, okay, things are changing. Now, can I ask you a question? If someone says to do something and you did that thing and you became successful, would you argue with them again? No, of course not. Because any other thing they say, you follow it. Say, so it seems to know the way. I'm working with this guy. My life is tied to this guy. Elijah and Elisha. You know, Elijah passed by Elisha and threw his cloak on him and walked by without even calling him. Elisha felt something. He felt a connection in his spirit and went, you know what? I'm going with this guy. And he went with Elijah. Elijah looked back and go, what is it? I didn't call you. He said, no. I know you didn't call me. But I feel like I'm following you. Uh, from now onward, uh, you know, my life is tied to yours. Wherever you go, I will go. Why? Because he knew, he recognized the anointing in that man of God. Praise God. So then he said to me, prophesy uh, to the breath and spirit, son of man, and said to the breath and spirit, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and spirit, and breathe upon this slain that they may live. Now listen to that for a moment. Listen to that for a moment. Verse 9 again. He said, prophesy to what? To the breath and spirit. Prophesy to the breath. 
He didn't say breath. He said prophesy to the breath and spirit. You know what he was talking about? He was talking about his own spirit. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. So you can actually prophesy upwards. You can. You can prophesy upward because nothing else gives life. It's only God's spirit that gives life. When God created Adam, he breathed into Adam the breath of life. Breath of life comes from nowhere else. So when he says, call it from the four winds, it's not talking about ordinary air. It's talking about his own spirit. So when things aren't happening in your life, at times your responsibility is to prophesy upward. Thank God because you supply all my need. Thank God because my life is in your hand. Thank God because I'm safe in your hand. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. That even when you were outside of the secret place, God comes getting you. Why? Because you already prophesied it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so, God said, prophesy. Do you know he said, call unto me in the day of trouble? In other words, hey, call me. Get my attention. My eyes are upon you, but hey, you do it. Get my attention. I want to hear your voice. I want to see that you've grown up. I want to know that you know how to use your words. You know, when my kids were growing up, you know, they wouldn't use their words. Especially the voice. They keep pointing. And mom say, said it over a thousand times. I won't give you whatever you're looking for until you use your words. Use your words. At times they come and bring the, the drink and, you know, showing it to mom and, you know, putting it in her face. More like, can I have this drink? Can I have this drink? But she, they are not using their words. And mom is going, go put that drink back in the fridge. You won't have any of it until you know how to use your words. You know, at times, God expects us to use our words. He expects us to use our words. What are you saying? Are you going, oh God, look at me. I'm poor and broken hearted. Look at me. And God is saying, but that's not what I made. You know, that's not how I made you. So what do you want me to do? But just look at me, God. Use your words. <laughs> Look at me will not fix you. Crying will not fix you. Use your words. Okay. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, son of man. So I prophesied. Oh, did he say that? No, not yet. Verse, nine, verse 10. So I prophesied again as he commanded me. And the breath and spirit came into the bones and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great host. I prophesied as I was commanded. I prophesied as I was commanded. If only you can do that tonight. I prophesied as I was commanded. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Can we all read it together? Let's go. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have for he God himself has said I will not in any way fail you nor give you up or nor leave you without support I will not I will not I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsaken nor let you down relax my hold on you I surely not I will not I will not that's great that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And I like the, the idea of, I will not, I will not, I will not. In other words, if you didn't hear the first time, you hear it again and again. I wouldn't leave you, not forsake you. King James Version, very quickly, same verse. But I want to show you something very quickly out of that scripture. You know how Ezekiel said, God said prophesy and I prophesied. He said, son of man, prophesy. And I prophesied as I was commanded. Okay, look at this. So we are looking at verse 5b. It says, let your conversation be without conversiousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he had said, 
I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Verse 6. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man, what man shall do unto me. The point I want you to see there, are we still looking? All right, because if you don't look, you'll miss it out. Verse 5 again. See, for he hath said, all right, forget, what about, forget about what he has said, but let's just see the action, right? For he hath said, verse 6, so that we may boldly say, are you still here? For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. But the reason he said is so that we can be confident to say. Are you still here? That's the reason he speaks. So that we can take on what he has said. See, for he has said so that we may boldly say. So when he said to Ezekiel, prophesy. Ezekiel did what? He prophesied as he was commanded. So there's no way we can do our own thing without looking back at what God has said. Because you won't have confidence in the things that you say without understanding what God has already said about you. Paul said, he said, I am what God says I am. He didn't say I am what I think I am. He didn't say I am what I feel I am because he would have missed it. Do you know how he felt? He felt like the worst of prisoners. That was how he felt. He felt like the, the, the least of the apostles. But yet, he said, but I am what God says I am. I am. I am. Word of power. Learn to speak words of power. Words of power. And words of power are not your own words. They are God's word. That you have inherited. Are you still here? Why? Because when you speak God's word, it becomes yours. God doesn't say, well, that's my word. You know, it's copyrighted. No. There's no copyright around it. You make it yours. For he has said, so that we may boldly say. He didn't say so that we may say. No, he said so that we may boldly say. We are confident now of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in us has the capacity to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He has said. So what can you say to yourself from what God has said? What can you say over your life based on what he has said? You see, we are children of prophecy, but we don't prophesy our own words. We prophesy God's word. Are you still here? We prophesy God's word. And what has he said about you? You see, when you speak words of prophecy, it might not be according to John chapter 3 verse 16, no. But you speak God's word that is in line with the scriptures. You don't speak outside of the scriptures. You speak God's word. And that is why there are some songs we don't sing here. Because they don't, they don't profess faith. You know, there was one we talked about two weeks ago or so. I've decided to follow Jesus. It's okay. You decided before. You've still decided. You've not changed your mind, right? And then they go, um, you take the whole world and give me Jesus. Really? No. Because the world belongs to Jesus. So why would you take the whole world and give me Jesus? Then the devil has the capacity, or rather the audacity to put hands in your pocket. He will wreck your car. He will wreck your home. Why? Because you've told him to take the whole world and give you Jesus. Don't be satisfied with poverty. Because it's not part of the gospel. It's not. Don't be satisfied with a low life. It's not part of the gospel. The Bible says that Jesus came to deliver out of darkness. Low life is darkness. Poverty is darkness. Are you still here? Sickness is darkness. Don't ever think, well, God put this sickness on me so that he can humble me. No, 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 no. He does not need your humility in suffering. Because he knows your humility will be better when you are prosperous. When you are living a good life. Hallelujah. It's true. It's true. It's easy to be humble when you are suffering. And that's not what God wants. You are his child. You belong to him. And he's blessed you with everything you ever need for life and godliness. And if I were you, 
I'll continue to speak that over my life. Prophesy over yourself. You know, on your way home tonight, prophesy over yourself and say, God, I receive your word. I have everything it takes to live a good life and to live a godly life. I do not struggle with righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Sin has no hold. Sin has no power over me. I may still, you know, uh, make mistakes here and there, but I'm not under the obligation of sin because I'm God's righteousness. Hallelujah. It's true. Speak over your life. Speak over yourself. Don't let the devil have a few day. On <laughs> No, 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 no. You are a child of God. Praise God. Can you stand on your feet? It's time to speak words of power. Words of power. And you know what? Words of power are not only words that you speak at church. All right? It's the words that become you. You speak it everywhere. You learn it from church, you take it away. Don't leave it at church. Your words of power is yours. Mine is mine. I take mine with me, you take yours with you. And can I also say that words of power are not only words you speak in the valley. Ezekiel spoke his in the valley. When you are on the mountain, speak words of power. Don't wait until you get to the valley. Because when situation of life seem to drive you down the valley, words of power will hold you up. Are you still here? Because you've already created the future for yourself. You can, you, oh God, you, you, you can design the course of your life through your words. You can, you can. Don't allow anything. And, and from today onward, catch yourself. Hold yourself responsible for every word you speak. Hold yourself responsible. When a word falls out of your mouth, go, oops, no, I didn't mean that. And speak words of power over it. In the name of Jesus. If you were thinking, oh, man, I feel so sick. Okay? So what does that make you? So I'm sick. You know, at times some people will even sneeze and go, I'm, I think I'm going to be sick. Shame on you. <laughs> you will be. Honestly, why? Because your words are God's power. You become sick. And when you become sick, move away. Don't bring your sickness close to me. Amen. But true, be careful the words you speak. Be careful the words you speak. I think I've got a headache. And the one that really irritates me some more is my headache is still there. Your headache? When did it become yours? It's true. It's not your headache. That's his property. Don't keep it. Give it back. And things happen. Is, then you, when, you, when you start to take ownership of it, it becomes yours, you know? Don't ever take ownership of the devil's stuff. It doesn't belong to you. Are you still here? Do you know that the sickness in your body was what Jesus died for. So why are you still taking it? Why are you still taking it? Jesus died, buried it, and you're going to exhume it and go, it's mine. Oh, come on, don't do that. Don't do that. Wake up to righteousness. Wake up to righteousness. When people ask you, so what are you? You know, and at times they go, oh, you know, we are all sinners saved by grace. No, you are not a sinner saved by grace. You are not a sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's why we need to stop singing that song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, that save a wretch like me. You are not a wretch. You are God's child. The, can I say something? The wretch was saved, died, and he didn't resurrect. All right? But the one that resurrected is a new creation. Are you still here? It's true. The new creation... It's different from the one that was saved. Oh, this is a different message. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Speak words of power over your life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Our life is moving forward and upward. In the name of Jesus. 
we do not know lack. We do not know fear. In, in, in the face of fear, we are bold. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We praise you, God. We honor you, Father. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You reign over our lives. You speak and we have the confidence to speak your word. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We honor you, God. When I speak over your children tonight, life, health belongs to them. In the name of Jesus, fear and failure is not mentioned among your people. In the name of Jesus. With the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the devil has no hold over you. You're born of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So live a life of freedom, a life of grace, a life of glory. It will be said of you that you've come through thick and thin, but you are reigning in life because you belong to God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge, a change is inevitable.